loving Father in heaven, I thank you and I praise you for every one of my friends here today, for the decisions that have been made and are registered in heaven. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would please be present one more time with us. I plead, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to work on hearts that are striving, that are in the valley of decision, that as they hear the irresistible witness, they would at last come to you. And I pray, Lord, that Jesus would be seen and felt and heard and that I would be hidden in his name. Now, I'm going to share with you a very familiar story in the Bible after I pick up my notes. It's found in Luke chapter 8, verse 43. Luke chapter 8 and verse 43. Now, to give you some context of this chapter, Jesus is on the way to a ruler's house. Because the ruler's daughter has just died. But on the way, he slowed down. He has difficulty getting there because of the crowd. But there's one person in the crowd that wants to see Jesus more than everyone else. Do you remember who that was? It was a woman. In fact, we're told in... Verse 43, and a woman having an issue of blood for how long? Twelve years. Which having spent how much? All her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. You know what's funny is that Luke puts it this way. She couldn't be healed of any. One of the other writers who's not a physician said, did not get better but rather grew worse. But we wouldn't write that, would we? (laughs) We first of all do no harm. Neither could she be healed of any. She came behind Jesus and touched what? The border of his garment. And how fast did she stop bleeding? Immediately. Her issue of blood stopped. And then Jesus asks what seems to be a very silly question to the people around him. He says, what? Who touched me? And of course, Peter (laughs) and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou who touched me? He's like, "Um, Jesus, just, just wanted to let you know about something. There's like a lot of people around you right now. Can you, can you imagine Peter telling Jesus this? He's like, um, yeah, that guy touched you. That other person that was like pushed right up against you, they touched you too. And, you know, just FYI, you know, not to be offensive or anything, but like everyone here has touched you, Jesus, in case you didn't know. And Jesus said, somebody, somebody, not somebody's, somebody hath touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus asked this question? Do you think that Jesus didn't know 
I mean, think about it. Do you think that Jesus was not aware of who touched him? We are told that he read the hearts of men as an open book. God gave him that insight. His Father gave him that awareness. We are told that he was not only aware of this woman, but he was the one that drew her to himself. And that he maneuvered himself in the crowd so that he would be near her. But she only had a moment in time. And you know what we're told? That as she realized her golden opportunity had come, that the faith of her life was concentrated in that touch. Somebody has touched me. For I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Jesus knew. So if he knew, why do you think he asked the question? Yes. Because Jesus wanted her to share what had happened. Jesus knew that she had been healed. And who else knew that she had been healed? She did, right? Now, just for a moment, I want you to imagine the effect of this. She had been bleeding for how long? Twelve years. You hear me? Her hemoglobin must have been like three by this time or something like that. Must have been like white as a ghost. She had been bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. Now, I want you to understand that this is not just a physical issue. Because if you were bleeding back then, could she go to church and have people pray for her every Sabbath? How many times had she been to church in 12 years? I can tell you how many. Zero. She was unclean. Do you realize that? Because she was bleeding. She would not be able to go to church. Can you imagine? Hey, Riesenberger hasn't been in church for a couple Sabbaths. I wonder if he's still an Adventist. You know, isn't that what happens? I mean, you miss church twice and you're like, wow, welcome back, visitor. People ever say that to you? And I'd be like, dude, I've been like giving seminars everywhere, okay? It's not like I don't go to church. But I don't say that. But people do that to me sometimes. I'll come back and they're like, Wow, don't you go to our church anymore? I said, well, no, I, I still go. I just, you know, I've been busy and the Lord is blessed. And you know, I just kind of smile. And well, people do that, don't they? I mean, you're gone like one Sabbath and you're like needing to be rebaptized or something. It's true. It's true. Now, can you imagine being gone for 12 years from church? I mean, can you imagine what people would say while you were gone? I mean, by the time you came back, all the rumors would have been so circulated, you'd have been a different person by then. I mean, it'd be crazy. So no health. How much money did she have? No money, but it gets worse. You know, I imagine this woman, that she was probably slightly older, because Jesus addressed her as woman, not, not girl, If she was married, how often had she and her husband been intimate in 12 years? 
Do you realize zero? Did you know the Bible says that you can't even be touched without the other person being unclean? When you sit on a chair, the chair is unclean. Now, I want you to think about that for just a minute. No touch for 12 years. Did you know that kids die from that? They die from not being touched. Did you know that animals won't grow if they're not touched? Did you know that? This woman was bleeding for 12 years, had no money, had probably everyone thinking by this time she was some sinner, hadn't had intimacy with her own husband and hadn't had a finger laid on her for 12 years. How do you think she felt about herself? (laughs) Exactly. You know, I can tell you, she not only felt bad physically, but spiritually, she was probably at the lowest point of her life. Socially, I mean... What's, you know, I ask people, how's your social life? And they'll say, what social life? I mean, she was the epitome of that. What social life? She had nothing and nobody. But I can tell you right now that the reason why Jesus said, who touched me, was for her benefit. And for the people around her. Because Jesus gave her physical healing, did he not? Right? But I want to take a look and show you what he really did. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him, before who? All the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. But I want to show you where the real healing happens. Watch this. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. I have made you whole. Is that what he said? Isn't that amazing? You know, Jesus wanted to make it clear that it wasn't the shroud of Turnin that made her well. It wasn't his cloak. But notice he doesn't even say it was him. Isn't that interesting? Because the people who bumped into Jesus, were they all healed? Pressing and pushing. No. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. What? Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. That is where the real healing happened. Do you realize that? Can you imagine how you would feel To have Jesus himself say, Russell, your faith has made you well. You would say, dude, it's like Jesus. How do you think her faith was? What do you think she felt about her faith? What do you think the people around her thought about her faith? They thought she was an absolute zero. But not Jesus. He says, be of good comfort. Great is your faith. The affirmation that Jesus Christ gave to that woman gave her greater healing than all the physical healing in the world. That is what he desires 
for every one of us. I think I shared with you before that the greatest person who is blessed out of all these seminars is who? It's me. Because all of you are just hearing it. I hear it. I speak it. I study it in my room. I pray about it. I talk to you guys individually about it. And I remember God's great love to me every time I share it. The tears that I shed. And again, it happened. Like I said, every time I present that truth in front of an audience, I cry. I can't stop it. And you know what a friend of mine said to me one time? She said, Tim, we need to see the tears. Because it tells us how God feels about us through you. We need to see those tears. And you know, she's right. I kept thinking, you know, what am I going to do when I go to 3ABN? This is crazy. I'm going to like cry on public television here. She's like, we need to see it. Because we know God is real. But you know, God is concerned about more than just me. He's concerned about each and every one of you. And I thank each one of you for the decisions you've made to be baptized, to be rebaptized, to come talk with me. Now, I will do my best to try to get a hold of each one of you in the whirlwind of activity here at GYC because I don't want us to miss the irresistible witness. We're told what it is. Let's take a look. In Desire of Ages. You can stay in that passage that you're at in the Bible. We're going to stay there. Desire of Ages. You can write this down. It's 348. It's from the chapter that talks about this. It's called The Touch of Faith. You know, I remember one time I was in Sweden. I was talking with some friends. And we were talking about a sermon that we had heard. And we were saying that we were blessed by it. And they asked me, well, what did you think? And it's always kind of a loaded question. I said, well, I think it was great. But the thing was, is that the sermon that was told was a story that was not true and was not about the person saying it. And I said, I appreciate illustrations, but I would rather hear something about them. And I'll tell you why. Desire of Ages, page 348. There is greater encouragement for us in the least blessing we ourselves receive from God. In what kind of blessing? The least blessing. That's the smallest blessing you can get. That can be like finding your car keys or you know, finding that extra sock or you know, the smallest thing where you know God is helping you. There is greater encouragement for us in the least blessing we ourselves receive from God than in all the accounts we can read of the faith and experience of others. Do you realize that? There's greater blessing and encouragement there than in everything. You can read about me, about Moses, about Daniel, about Noah. Do you realize that? And then I'm going to share with you the page before. I'll tell you why 
This is necessary. And what happens as a result? Our confession of God's faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. Do you realize that? It's not evangelism, all this big stuff that we do. It is confession of God's faithfulness. That's heaven's chosen agency to share Jesus with the world. We are to acknowledge His grace as made known through the holy men of old, but that which will be most effectual is the testimony of our own experience. That will be, which will be what? Most effectual is the testimony of whose experience? Mine? Yours. Dr. Pippum's? Yours. Bob Falkenberg? No, yours. That which will be most effectual is the testimony of our own experience. We are witnesses for God as we reveal in ourselves the working of a power that is divine. You know, I had someone say to me at the break that that is what hit them, is seeing something that's real, seeing something that is not a game, that is not an act. Believe me, I'm not acting. <laughs> I'm not someone who cries. And if you talk to my friends, they're like, dude, Tim's crying. It's real to me. We are witnesses for God as we reveal in ourselves the working of a power that is divine. Every individual has a life distinct from all others and an experience differing essentially from theirs. God desires that our praise shall ascend to him marked by our own individuality. These precious acknowledgments to the praise and glory of his grace, when supported by a Christ-like life, have an irresistible power that works for the salvation of souls. Has what? Irresistible. What does irresistible mean? You can't stop it. You can't fight against it. It's an irresistible power that works for the salvation of souls. Have you been blessed here at GYC? Has God taught you something new this session? Have you seen Jesus at GYC so far? Many of you raised your hands of how blessed you were. What is our response to that, let's turn to Psalms, chapter 116, verse 12. Has anyone received any benefits of the Lord so far? Yes, that's what we're talking about. What shall I render unto the Lord for what? All His benefits or goodness toward me. This is David's question. What am I going to do, right? What am I going to do about this? So you've been blessed. So what are you going to do? I will what? Take the cup of salvation. You know, what's funny. I just met a friend of mine who I haven't seen for over 10 years. She was my translator in Novorossiysk, Russia, when I was doing some work over there. And it's so funny, you know, she was young and 
uh, at that time. She's still young. Now she has two kids and is married. It's so amazing. And this was her favorite verse. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. But that's not it. I will pay my vows unto the Lord when? Now. In front of who? In the presence of all his people. So this is my favorite part of the seminar. Because as many of you who have been blessed today, you know what God wants you to do with that blessing? He wants you to testify about it. He wants you, like the woman, to tell everyone what He's done for you. And it will not only work as an irresistible power to draw others to Christ, but who will also be blessed? You. That's right. And I can tell you that as you share... Does it matter what you say? No. Every individual has a life, what? Differing essentially from all others. That's what we just read. And does God desire our praise to ascend to Him in the same way? That's what it just said. He desires that our praise shall ascend to Him marked by what? Remember what it said? Our own individuality. Do you realize that God likes variety? God likes individuality. I mean, you can just look around us. We got red hair, black hair, blonde hair, brown hair, blue eyes, green eyes, black eyes, brown eyes. God likes variety. He likes individuality. He wants us to talk to Him in the language that we ourselves are comfortable with. So I can tell you, this is my favorite part of the seminar. Because I'm going to watch God use an irresistible power to bring people to Him right now. Those of you who have raised your hands and said God has blessed you, right? It was all of you. I'd like for you to come up and share. I would hand the microphone to you, but unfortunately I can't do that because it's attached. So you are going to have to come to the front. And I'm going to ask you to share First of all, if you've made a decision to be baptized or rebaptized, I'd like those people to come forward first. And the thing is, is unfortunately, I know who you are. There is no escape now. <laughs> but if you have something that God has done for you or something you've learned, I want you to come up. So the rest of the time is yours. Does anyone have something they'd like to share? Please, come forward. Zach, Zach, right? I'm going to let you keep the mic from now on, Zach, and hand it off to other people while I enjoy. First of all, I know I'm not the only one that has something to say. <laughs> Amen. But um, I knew that somebody had to take the first jump. I have to tell you, I was um, raised in the Adventist Church. I'm sure like most of you did. I'm going to give this also to you. This is the recording mic. Is that correct? I'm sorry. You guys get multiple mm. things to wear. Like most of you, I was raised in the Adventist church. but And we all have our own stories, our own issues. 
you know, just because we're Adventists doesn't mean that we have any less issues than anybody else in the entire world, any less sin. We all have our own struggles and our own issues. But the past few weeks, especially, I didn't even know I was coming to GYC until a week ago, but God opened the doors, and, and here I am, and I am so thankful. Um, the past uh, couple of weeks, I've just been feeling fine on my own. I don't know if any of you have had these stretches where you've just kind of forgotten about God. He's in the back of your mind. You may say a quick two-second prayer as you're laying in your bed. Dear God, please forgive me for my sins. Thanks for being who you are. I love you. Good night. And that's it. You wake up and there's nothing else. Well, the past couple weeks, I've been feeling like, kind of like that, only I probably didn't even pray at night, just that I didn't even need him. You know, I, and I didn't feel any conviction in my life. I knew I was doing things wrong, but I didn't feel any conviction in my life of that what I was doing was getting myself further and further away from God. But I know that's the lie of Satan, that I didn't need God. So coming to this seminar, particularly Tim's, I've never met anyone in my life that came across as so real, so genuine. That's the one word I can um, come across to think of him as. And I'm here to tell you that we need God every second of every day in our entire lives. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. I don't want to take one breath without knowing where I stand with God. I don't want to take one step out of my hotel room door, one more step without knowing who I'm taking that step for. God has done such work in my life, especially now in the seminar. And I've been trying to think of ways of how it's going to carry on past the seminar because all, all of us, or at least most of us, have been to things like this before. And, you know, it's great, it's inspiring, but then a week goes by and it's like it never even happened. What happened, guys? We need to preserve this time. We need to keep the fire lit. I believe that the, the world is coming to an end. And I'm a musician, and I had dreams of being this great singer and this star you know, of secular music. But we don't have time. We don't have time to focus on the things of the world. We don't have time to worry about, does this girl like me or not? The point is, God likes you. Amen. That's true. He does. And I guess where I'm at right now in my life is, We just don't have time for anything but the specific work of God. He's given us all a wake-up call. I believe everybody in this room is here for a purpose, for a direct cause. I believe He called you to be here, exactly where you are, in the seat you are sitting. And I think it's time, past time, that if God is calling on your heart, which I believe He is, we don't have time for anything but to listen to Him. We We are in the last hours, guys. This is it. There's no, you know, well, maybe I'm going to wait till I'm married. I used to think about, you know, man, I hope God doesn't come before I'm married. I kind of want to have a wife. Not so excited about the kids, but the wife is cool, you know, but we don't have time for that. The time, this is it right now, this second. We are the church. We are the Adventist church. It's time for us to rise up and be who we are called to be. We each have a specific calling on our lives, and it's time to fulfill that. There's no thinking about it. There's no and if or buts. It's time to stand up and do it. When are we going to stop procrastinating? When are we going to say tomorrow, you know, I'm going to read my Bible tomorrow. I'm going to read my Bible tonight. Do it now. There's no better time in the history of earth for God's people to stand up than this second, right now, today. We're it. There's, there's nobody coming after us. There's nobody, you know, people are getting old, okay? 
Okay, the church is getting old. I mean, they're going to die soon, okay? And then it's us. And then what are we going to do? I guess we can't keep putting off. You know, I want to start my walk. I want to start fulfilling what God has called me to do today, this second, right now, before I hand off this microphone. I want to step off this microphone. I'm not on it, but I'm using it. I want to walk away from it a changed person, real, genuine, not just on Sabbath. Hi, how are you? Happy Sabbath. I hate you. You know, I mean, because that's what it is. Once a week, we come in and it's this superficial, you know, hi, God bless you. I don't even talk to you, but you're the greeter guy, so I got to shake your hand. You know, it's like we feel obligated to, to put on this facade. Well, I want to be real seven days a week for Jesus. I want him to look down and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You weren't just serving me on Sabbath. You didn't just play your guitar for the youth room and did your little bit for the week. I am jealous of Tim, you know. He has this such joy. I mean, I don't know if anyone else recognizes him here. But he has this joy about him and it's like, I want that. I want that real relationship. Not just once a week. I want it to be real. I want it to be something I can hold, something tangible. How many of us want that in here? So the time to do it is now. Not tomorrow, not later tonight. Let's do it now, guys. Uh-huh. Billions, huh? ago I called Tim <laughs> and um, there was a bunch of stuff going on in my life and I was very just overwhelmed so I called him and <laughs> and he proceeded to listen to me out and he proceeded to be very understanding but then when it came his turn to talk he didn't start telling me what I wanted to hear he didn't give me any answers to my problems he started telling me what he just told you. Amen. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. This isn't what I thought he was going to say. And I listened to it, and I cried for two hours. I cried. After we got off the phone, we talked for an hour. After we got off the phone, I cried like I'd never cried before. It was the best answer I had ever gotten. Amen. It wasn't what I was expecting to get, but it's what God gave me. And it was the best thing I'd ever heard. And so... About a month after that, my life changed Amen. in a very hard way. But that truth helped me get through the past two months Amen. somehow. And when I heard it again today, I can tell you it changed my life again. Amen. I was going through, I've been going through a lot, and I've been going through a lot since I got here this week. But God said to me today, you know, I want good things for your life. And no matter what you're going through... I'm still your father. And, you, and no matter how many people have let you down, I'm still your father and I'm still going to love you. Sorry. No, 
Praise the Lord. Thank you. And so, you know, we can go through hard times in our lives and we can feel like God's not there for us, but he's always our father and he's always willing to love us no matter what happens. That's right. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate that. I have to take my own advice, don't I? When you said that God has unconditional love for us, I understand that he does love us greatly. But is this unconditional? I'd say, isn't it because he expects us to repent for our behavior? By the way, I liked your connection here. Therefore, shouldn't we live in a way that uplifts him? And of course, the answer to that is, remember what I said? Did God's unconditional love for Absalom save him? No. What happened to Absalom? He died in like the worst way possible. But was David happy about that? He mourned to the last, did he not? Because he didn't want Absalom to die, right? He would have rather him turn around and be saved. Of course that's what God wants. He wants us to be saved. And I love this story because it's so clear. It shows you without question that it doesn't matter what you do or where you are, you are mine. You are still God's. And I can tell you that that love, great though it is, will it save you if you do not let go of your sins? No. You'll be just like Absalom. But if you do die and are lost, God is going to cry. And he is going to mourn to the end. So the answer to this question, yes, he wants us to be saved. Ezekiel 33.11 says, Do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked? It doesn't say the righteous. Did you notice that? But that the wicked turn from his evil ways. He says, turn ye. And if that was enough, he says it again, turn ye. He says it twice. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Does anyone else want to share? Come forward, please. You can make a line. Everyone, come on up. That's right. That's fine. Please, come on up. We'll have you hold one mic and you can hold the other mic. Either way. Hi. Um, I've been here since um, he started the seminars. Um, I came here for one reason. Um, I've been studying the last... Um, Days of Christ um, earthly ministry, and when I saw him talking about Gethsemane and the cross, I was like, "Wow, that will add up to my Bible study." But I guess God had something else in mind. Um, probably present um, a group of you who are good, um, think you're good. You have your devotionals. You go to church. You know, spirit of prophecy quite well. You can quote from Steps to Christ and from the Bible, but. Um, I was convicted. My prayer this year was to lead one soul to Christ. Amen. But the other day, Tim said, um, when Jesus gave the parable of the seed, of the good seed, he didn't say it bear one or two. He said 30, 60, 
and a hundred. That's right. And I came to know my my focus is as dim as I, I don't know. Um, one soul for God is that all I can give Him for a whole year? Mm. One soul? Am I that selfish to share salvation with others? Wow. Um, I believe God has forgiven me, but um, I'm glad I came here. I came here and I guess my focus and my prayer for next year will be to lead as many as God will give me to him. Peace, I would, I would like you to share a decision that you've made as a result of being here. Wow. I didn't plan for that. <laughs> um, I think um, of other things apart from that, that I'm going to pray for more souls and spend time um, really harvesting, as God says, the, the, the fields are wide, but the, the, the harvest, um, the, the reapers are few. Um, that's my decision. Also, the young children, the two um, who were sitting at the church in Peru, who wanted the great controversy so much, not that they could learn and know and make arguments or have a strong uh, spiritual life that but because they wanted to learn they can share with their families and friends this is six and nine years old children i mean like i don't know i i i need um, the holy spirit to breathe upon me and you and afresh Um, I don't know whether I can do this, but I'm going to try. <clears throat> Last year, it, I had an eye surgery, one of these where it's supposed to be 95% success rate. I ended up in the 5%. Um, and I found out just before I came to GYC in Baltimore that I was going to end up probably having to have it redone. So... This year I had to go out to Loma Linda, found a specialist there, and they redid it, but it still didn't work. And I had so many people praying for me, people with real great faith. They told me that they were sure things would work out, and I was sure that things would work out. I thought God was just waiting till the last minute to take care of it, but then... In September, I knew for sure that that was it, and there was no more chance of solving the problem. And it was very hard to think of living the rest of my life dealing with it. Um, it, I really want to be a witness for God still, but... I've been struggling to find the joy and enthusiasm that I used to have because sometimes it feels like I really don't have anything to say. I had planned to come back from La Melinda and tell the church, everyone, how things had worked out, how God had answered our prayers, that my eye was healed and I was going to, I was planning to be rejoicing over it for the rest of my life. And so it was kind of hard to know how to deal with the answer that I got. But, I know that the Bible still says that all things work together for good to those who love God. And 
I'm looking for a way to still be able to witness for him in spite of this turn of events. And I prayed when I came to GYC that God would lead me to the correct seminar, the one that would be the one I should be at. And this one is where he led me. And everything that has been said has really touched me. It all seems to apply so much to my life. And especially this one, um, the, the three most powerful words. You know, even though God did not do things the way I wanted him to with this, I still... I'm telling you all that I intend to keep on serving him, stay faithful till the end, and somehow a blessing will come out of it. Maybe there's someone I can help in spite of this. Well, I kind of came, well, I'll back up a little bit. Um... About a few months ago, things were kind of going a little bit bad. I was kind of wondering, okay, I went to camp, had a great experience, come home, and everything's wrong. I was like, okay, that's, you know, sounds typical, but it still was bothering me a bit. And then I heard about GYC, had a friend who was coming, had multiple friends who were coming. I wanted to go, talk to my parents about it. They had said yes, and then they said, absolutely not. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And I wasn't very happy about it. I was kind of mad, kind of angry, very mad, very angry. And one of my friends said to me, you know, Katie, have you given this over to God? And I said, mm, didn't really say much. And then um, just kept on going through life, doing my school, doing this, doing that. You know, putting up a good face, but not really putting up what was going on inside. And then I went to, um, went on a little trip over to Weimar um, Institute with my grandma, and I had three people come up to me in the same day, Katie, are you going to GYC? Are you going to GYC? Are you going to GYC? And by the end, I just had to mutter out a no and walk away. And I went to my hotel room, and I just kind of sat in there, okay, you know, kind of crying, really upset. And then it was like, you know, Katie, you can either stay mad about this for who knows how long, or you can give it up to me, and I'll take you back. It's okay. And so I surrendered it. I said, okay, Lord, you know what? You got something better for me planned during that time obviously, so that's okay. And then a week later, a friend calls and says, hey, we had this group of people who was going, one person can't go. You want to fill in? And all I could do was just stand there and say, uh, (laughs) you know, I have to talk to my parents. So my parents talked about it, they said yes, and then... (laughs) I was like, okay, um, hmm, something to remember about surrendering. So then as I, you know, get on the plane, get here, the whole time I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, there's multiple things going on. 
having a hard time with this one friend on deciding what to do and what not to do, having a hard time with this, a little bit stressed out about that. You know, you brought me here for a reason, and even though I'm stressed out about this whole situation, I need to focus on you. I need to be not just thinking about this person or whatnot or what's going on. I need to be focusing on what you want me to do. And then through the various meetings where they were talking about, you know, focusing on God and then coming to these meetings here and hearing about how God loves me so much. Hi, I'm Victoria, and um, I was sitting there, and the Lord compelled me, go, go, go. And um, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm saying, but I'll go. So I was sitting in the front, and it just came to me. Um, I have only recently entered the church. I actually entered um, by professional faith in May this year. And um, the only advantage in my history and history of my family and um, having family come over for the first time in Africa and being an African vegetarian is absolutely just hilarious, just bizarre. So, um, and also going to church on Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath, oh, she can't do this on the Sabbath. You know, that was just totally, just blew them, blew them away. They thought I entered a cult. Um, but I want to stand and say today that um, to everybody who said that Rome cannot be built in a day, that is not true. Because um, you know how the prophecy says a thousand days as in one day is in the Lord? I recently heard the Sabbath truth um, this time last year, and um, I went for professional faith in May. Two months later, I preached my first sermon, and then I'm in GYC, which is a blessing all of itself. And even though I've had nobody um, to back me up with the truth that I'm sharing, and um, no one else to um, help me and, and stand by my side and say, yes, keep on going, because I travel a lot, um, the Lord has been with me and kept me in his faith. Keep on going. And, um, I just read a scripture yesterday that blew me away. Um, it said, um, we're on to this, I also labor, striving according to his working, Amen. which worketh in me mightily. Praise the Lord. And um, I just want to praise God so much for all that he's done in my life, because I can't believe I am where I am today. This time, three months ago, last year, I was not found in church. I was not wearing what I'm wearing. I was not speaking what I speak. So I want to thank the Lord so much for his mercies, his mercies. Um, well, my name is Denise, and um, to be honest, as many of you probably are Christians and Seventh-day Adventists, right? But, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but, you know, you can be, like, in a Christian school, and you can be with Christian friends or people that they call themselves Christians, and you call yourself Christian as well. But, like, I don't know, but, like, inside, you feel, like, so empty. Like, you feel like sometimes you want to experience something that it's real. And... Lately, I've been feeling that God is calling me to do something. And, like, I don't know what, yeah, like he said, you know, this is the generation, and we are really going to take the gospel everywhere. So this is the time to do it. And I've been feeling that God is really calling me to do something like that in the future. Um, like, next year I will be going to college, and I'm really not sure where I'm going. And to be honest, I've been feeling that I'm, like, running away. 
um, rejecting his call. But through GYC and the meetings and seminars and all these things, they have been a blessing to me. And I don't know if you feel that you're getting full, like on fire, and it has been a blessing to you. Wouldn't you would like to be a blessing for somebody else? And that's what I really will encourage you. You can be, GYC is coming to an end. You're going back home, you're going back to your school, campus or university, wherever you go, whatever the case may be. But isn't it hard? Isn't it hard like you feel on fire here? But then over there you're like, okay, I don't think God is that real anymore. Don't you feel like that? We had that mission. Really, take it serious. Amen. Have you made a decision the result? And, yeah, I, I didn't grow up in the church. Well, I used to be Catholic, but, you know, it's not the same thing at all. And then I got baptized, but still, I, I didn't feel like I feel now, and I really would like to give my life again to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um, two things really I want to share. When I was coming here, I went to a graduation back in Portland, Oregon. That's where I'm from. And uh, after the graduation at Mission College of Evangelism, if you guys are familiar with it, um, I live in Portland, so that's less than an hour away. So I spent about a week and a half at home, and uh, it just wasn't a good time for me. Um, I don't have really Adventist family. It's, it's, I have a very blended family, but it's only outside of my immediate family that I have Adventist family, and um, just real hard for me being at home, you know, and just giving in, and ne almost never got into my Bible, you know, and I just felt terrible, and they could tell, and um, it was just really depressing for me going there, and of course it was my fault. Um, so on my way here, you know, on the plane, and, you know, I flew from Portland to Phoenix to here, so it took a little while, and um, I'm just kind of low, and I couldn't even bring myself to open my Bible then, so I was reading another book. Uh, it was um, it was spiritual, but it wasn't, you know, it's not as intense as the Bible. And uh, I was just kind of low the whole time. And when I, was, when I was on the plane, and we landed in Minneapolis, in fact, I was on the plane with Tim, right as we were getting off, I realized there were people coming to GYC on this plane, and I just got a surge, because I realized I'm not alone, you know? And it's not like those people never were there, I just never realized it. And that's the big part of the charge at UIC. There's like 5,000 people here who are all Adventists. They all want to serve the Lord. They want to do His will. And they're not gone when we leave. They're, they're sometimes even next door. But we just don't realize it. You know, Elijah came to the point where he says, I'm the only one left. God told him there's 7,000 left in Israel who have not yet bowed the knee to Baal. And I think that's really what we need to go away remembering. We're not the only ones. And another thing that's really been a blessing to me, GYC has really helped me to become a lot more honest with myself, you know, to really analyze my motives. And in fact, I preached a sermon about this about four weeks ago, but it still wasn't there, you know. So now I'm coming to the place where I'm thinking, what kind of importance do I place in my devotions? What kind of importance do I love God's word? You know, am I, am I being forgiving? Am I, am I forgiven? Am I, have I allowed God to forgive me? And, um, you know, things like my identity. What do, I, 
where do I put self-worth or other people's? I'm abhorred when I think about the way I begin to think about people. I just analyze it like, I don't like them because they look this way or they talk this way. Isn't that absurd? But the Lord is good. You know, he's got his remedies and it's beginning here. But we can't let that stop. And I think one of the things is remembering that we're not alone. But the time is short. Well, um, <clears throat> on the plane of Joyce, actually, um, I was I was praying, and I was praying to God, and I purposed in my heart that I was not going to come back the same person. And <clears throat> as I went to all the seminars, heard all the messages, life-changing messages, um, just the the last seminar I went to, I told myself, I was like, I got to share this. I gotta, I gotta share this to to anybody I come into contact to, or any friends I make at UAC, or when I get home. And as I was looking through the program, I was like, "What? What's the last seminar am I gonna go to?" I was like, what, "What's the last seminar?" So I looked. And I was like, oh, the almost it was just a witness. Okay, I'll go to this one. So as I sat down there, waiting for it to start, I was, um, I I prayed to God. Uh, I said. Um, the first chance I get, I'm going to share. Mm. And the minute he took off everything, I was like, that was fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was sitting in the crowd. I'm just twiddling my thumbs. I'm like, um, should I go up? Should I not? I'm just, uh, you know what? It's like, just go up. Even if it's just a little bit, just share. And all I can, all I can tell you guys is I am not going to go home the same person. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hi, everybody. My name is Andy, and I'm from the Columbus Gunnian Church in uh, Ohio. And um, I just wanted to share something that I have experienced for the past month. Um, one thing I want to share with you guys is that, you know, we are all Christians and we all know that life won't be smooth for all of us. Sometimes there, there will be tribulations, crises, and uh, temptations in all our lives. And uh, I want to let you guys know that in all of these, we should praise God. The reason why is because by praising God, it keeps you positive all the time. It lets you see the positive things out of the negative things. And uh, also the reason why we should praise God because of who he is, not for all the things he has done for us. But if you put in your mind that you're praising God for who he is, you'll be able to praise him in a better way. You know, like I said, um, temptation comes. Sometimes in our lives we want things. And the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that everything is vanity in our lives. So all the time we want this, we pray about it. Either God gives it, gives it to us or not, we appreciate it. Sometimes we don't. But, you know, we should know that whenever we pray to God to give us something, it's either yes, no, or maybe. So whatever comes in, we should learn how to praise him. You know, whatever you pray about, if God gives it to you, good. If he doesn't, then there must be a reason why. There must be a reason why he's not giving it to you. 
this one one little thing I want to share with you guys also is that um, in the past two years, there's something that happened in my life and my family. Um, all of a sudden, we were at home one day, and uh, the police came in, and they they took my father. And uh, I was asking myself, what is this going on? My father is an innocent person. But then people were calling from church, you know, trying to make you feel better. You know, when you're going through sorrows and pain, they try to, you know, keep you positive. And one thing that somebody told me was that, you know, don't worry about whatever is going on. God knows why he's doing this. Maybe there was something that the devil has planned for my father. So he just took him in jail for about three weeks so he can keep him positive, keep him safe over there. So whatever temptation the devil was bringing, he could pass away and then bring it back home. See, we don't understand what God does sometimes. And we have to learn that he knows what he's doing. Amen. And his, God is at work. Whenever something negative happens to us, we should praise God. Amen. Even if you're a student, you go take a test. And you know, I know some people won't agree with me, but this, this is how I see it. If you take a test, you get a D, praise God. You know, Amen. you won't see it as a positive thing, but at least you had the chance to take the test. And whenever you wake up every morning, give thanks to God. Not everybody gets the chance to wake up every morning. So we should praise God in everything. You know how you're sitting in your seat and you know you want to get up there to talk and your heart starts beating and you feel like your face is blushing. <laughs> and anyway, I'm glad to be up here. Um, I was thinking about what I wanted to say. I'll just highlight like maybe a couple of points in my life. Um, I was working with the church and I was really struggling spiritually. And I was giving all these Bible studies and doing all this work for God, you know, but my own devotional life was like nothing. And it was so hard to give what I didn't have. And all I could rely on would be like, God, I'm empty, but look, I'm here. Use me and just please keep me alive spiritually somehow. And my friend knew these people that come to do this special kind of counseling. Um, it's called Biblical Concepts of Counseling. And it's like some, a lot to explain. But basically, um, you go through a lot of, um, things in your life that are holding you back and it's all through prayer and the Bible and you do it in like a weekend anyway I didn't want to deal with it and my friend Marla's like Jen you need to do this you need to do this and I'm like oh I don't have time blah blah, blah. same excuses why I didn't, couldn't have devotions <laughs> and they were leaving um, at the end of this weekend and I knew I had to do it and it was 10 o'clock at night and they were there at this, my friend's house the next morning. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I have to do this. I'm sick and tired of being in this place in my life. I have to go right now. And all the Bible verses, you know, like, now's the day. Today's the day of salvation. And I had been baptized a long time ago. And, you know, I have a relationship with God that's ongoing. I was just going through a really low time. And so I threw everything in a bag and got in my car and drove off like a crazy person. <laughs> And got to their house like 11 o'clock at night. And the point is, when God is calling you, 
don't wait. Don't wait around. There's nothing worth waiting for. Just go. And I went, and what you do in a whole weekend, I did in eight hours the next day. Kind of an intense person. <laughs> and with things that I really care about. And it was amazing, and I was changed. Amen. And then the next year, um, I was going back to school, and I moved into this apartment. And that year was the hardest year of my life. I went into another low place, but God was with me. Amen. And I knew he was with me. And he made sure that the roof was over my head and that I had clothes to wear, food to eat, but not much anything else. Not even friends, not even a church family. Wow. There was a church to go to, but, and I would go, but that was the year of Jen and God because I had to learn to, to walk and live in what he had given me. And... And I came out of that, and I'm so blessed, and I've learned what God wanted me to learn. And I go, you know how we go through little ups and downs. Don't doubt that God is still pursuing you. He does not give up on us. And I came here to GYC, and you know how busy you get with school and everything, and you're just not quite connected with God. You start to question and doubt. We're the ones who change. God does not change. And I was like, oh, what does God think about me? I'm like, God, what's going on? You know, I feel like I'm just going through the same stuff. And God is not the one who changes. That's right. And I came in here, and the, the, God is our parent. He doesn't change. Right. We can do anything, and he still loves us. Right. He's always pursuing us, and there's nothing that we can do to stop that. And it's really encouraged me, and we got to believe in who God is. Because who God is, is what He does. Praise the Lord. And so, who's next? Hello. <laughs> My, name's, uh, I this down. My name's Peter Pascon. I'm actually from Southern California. Um, I heard about GYC through 3ABN um, when I was uh, wa- when I was living in Pacoima, California. I thought it was a wonderful thing, and um, um, this year my friend from church asked me if I wanted to go, and I wasn't sure because I sure didn't have any money. But God worked it out for me to Amen. get here, and I thank God for that. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to say, but um, one thing. And actually, I was planning to go to, like, uh, uh, Brother Pippin, and I heard all these other presentations. I had never met Tim before, but I read the, um, I read the highlight, the title, and it struck a chord in my heart, and uh, it was Christianity 101. And the reason why, you see, I wasn't raised Seventh-day Adventist. I was raised in a non-practicing Catholic church, uh, church family. And um, this is back in 98, and I heard the message. Um, actually, I, I, I wasn't sure what I was looking for, but um, somebody witnessed me on a job, and um, she brought me a thing on dinosaurs and creation versus uh, creation and evolution and put out by Amazing Facts, and I read it. And I loved dinosaurs. You know, I was bringing dinosaur books to work and everything. And and uh, but I was wandering. 
I was wandering. There were things in my life that weren't right. And I was searching for answers and searching for happiness in my life. Because when I was a kid, um, I found myself a fourth grader one day um, on my dead bed, at the side of my bed, sitting and crying. I was sobbing profusely. It wasn't the first time. Usually I would try to hide it when my mom and dad would walk in the hall. But one day I couldn't hide it. And I tried to wipe my tears from my eyes. And um, my mom, uh, she took notice. And um, I tried to cover it up. And she, But she comes in and she was saying, Honey, why are you crying? And all I could do is look up in her face. And I told her, I'm not happy with my life. Wow. And that broke her heart because she couldn't understand why her little son, her little boy, was so unhappy. And um, my dad came in, and um, they both knelt down on the floor, and they were holding me, and they were crying with me. And uh, they said, well, we'll find help. So they took me to a pediatrician, ran some tests, um, and um, after all the tests, they, he diagnosed me of having ADD. I had such a hard time concentrating in class and finishing different things on time in the home. And I just felt very abnormal and very slow and um, not good enough. And uh, I felt like I couldn't, I was just failing <laughs> in life. And it was a burden. And um, so they put me on Ritalin. And I was on Ritalin for a number of years and uh, started to do okay. But as I was in my um, high school years, the dose was the same, but I got older and bigger. And the effects of the Ritalin were wearing off, and I didn't know why. And I was struggling. And, um, and in college, it was very difficult. And unfortunately, I used... Um, I got caught in some stuff that were, took me in a really destructive path. I won't go into it because we don't need to. But, um, but at that time, I, um, I started working with this lady, and she witnessed to me. She would bring her Bible in every day, and there was another Christian, too. And they would talk about different things in the Bible and um, naming names like Abraham, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And I, who are these people? I've never heard of them in my life. And they would talk about end-time events. And that really um, pricked my heart because I knew things couldn't last much longer. I had taken an environmental biology class. I heard about overpopulation and the degradation of the earth. And it really clicked with my heart. And so I began asking questions when she brought in that um, book, um, Creations versus Evolution. But I read it, and I was convicted that the Bible must be true. And I went to Barnes and Noble, and I, I said, "I want a Bible." Amen. I said, "I want the accurate. Show me. I want the Bible. Can you show me where you know?" And Amen. he took me to the section, and there was a bunch of different translations. Well, there's the King James, and I said, "Okay." And I started looking at. I can't understand that word, and so is there anything as close? He said, "Here's a new King James." I said, "Okay, I'll take that one." So I went home and I perused through it that night, and it's so big, I, I, I wasn't much of a reader, and so I took it to, to work the next day, and I was so proud, look, I got a Bible, you know, and, um, and I um, was talking to my friend Herb, the security guard, and, and I, said, I, said, I said, Herb, I said, this book is so big, I, where, where do you start? 
He said, start with the New Testament. What's that? He said, the New Testament, start with Matthew. And I said, okay. So I took it home that night and I, um, I started reading and there was a lot of begats. I didn't know what that word meant, but, um, I got through it. And as I, um, I started reading that verse, that first verse that started to, um, that's the first time God started talking to my heart was in Matthew one twenty one, and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. Now I didn't exactly know all the definitions of sin, but I knew that that was talking to me. Amen. I sensed that I was a sinner and that Praise I needed help. So I kept on reading. I was invited to the net 97 series. I went I heard the different messages and I accepted them with a fearful heart, knowing that my family would reject what I'm learning mm. and they would might reject me. Mm. And I kept on studying. I finally was invited to the last seminar and I went and um, I stood up for Bible studies. I came home with a trembling heart though, hearing the last message and I was sure, I wasn't sure if I would be able to do the things in my life that I had wanted to do, like getting married, have a family. I shared with my family what I had read, what I had heard and studied. They thought I was ridiculous. They thought that I was um, stabbing them in the back. And they thought that we were a cult and that I should stop reading the Bible. Unfortunately, I allowed their voice to um, bear sway. I laid up my Bible for um, I don't know how many months, and um, but every time I would go in my room, it seems like that book, that black book, would peer from the the bookshelf. Every time I'd bring laundry from my to my bedroom, finally I couldn't I couldn't resist, and I picked up that black book again and I opened it and I with Matthew, and I had heard about the Sabbath at the time, and so what I did. On, on Sabbath, Saturdays, I, I would stay in my room and read. Amen. And I read the Gospels, and I would go out for orange juice in the fridge. I would read until I'd fall asleep. I would get up again, and I would read some more. And uh, I kept on doing that for um, I don't know how long. Um, finally, I found strength in me to take the stand the for God. Praise the Lord. And... Um, I went through the yellow pages. My parents told me to, to um, before you check out, before you make any decision, to um, check out the Catholic Church first. I'd promised that I would. I didn't want to lie, so I checked out the um, the Catholic Church that my parents took us to when I was a kid, and um, I spoke with the priest, and um, he said. Well, I told him that I went to, I had been studying with Seventh-day Adventists. He said, they're, you know, they're, they, they're anti-Catholic, don't you? And he said, I don't know about that. And, and, and he said, well, come over. I'll give you something. So I came over, and he didn't shake my hand or anything. He just, here. And he, he gave me an unfinished manuscript of a book on Catholic doctrine that he was writing. He said, take it, read it. If you have any questions, call me. I said, Okay. So I took it home and I reluctantly read it and all the stuff that was in it was just so wrong. And um, 
I finished it, and I, I, took, I knew I had to talk to my f- folks. I was 25 at the time. And I, uh, I said, you know, I wanted to talk to you, Mom, Dad. I want to talk to you. I wanted to let you know I read this book, and I, I don't believe in it. Mm. And I, I want to become a Seventh-day Adventist. Amen. And uh, they said, well, we still think you stabbed us in the back, and we don't want you to bring up God in this house. And um, you've really disappointed us. And... Uh, you know, it's funny because I didn't have much peace when I was when I put up the Bible on the bookshelf, and I was fearful about what my family would think. But even but what's interesting is that when I made the decision to tell my mom and dad about that, even though I got such a bad reaction from them, I had a strange peace Amen. about what had happened. I went to my room, and that was that. I went through a lot of struggles with my family, but God was with me and He helped me so much. Unfortunately, I got into a wrong group of um, Seventh-day Adventists. My friends, um, there were some things at church that were going on where there was certain music being played that they didn't feel appropriate, and they taught me about that too. And um, they became my family at the time. They started looking for another church, and I went with them. And um, unfortunately, they went into an area that was, I guess I'll say, legalistic and not very merciful or um, kind, but professing the truth, present truth. And um, so I was with that area of Adventism, I'll say, for a number of years. But I say this all to say that when Tim talked about symptoms, because I work in the medical field too, symptoms are only what's the surface of the problem, underlying problem. And symptoms, I started seeing symptoms in my life. Now, I had professed the Sabbath. I professed present truth. I believe in Ellen G. White as a prophet. All these things, the sanctuary, <laughs> but I had some pretty bad symptoms right. in my life, in my heart, and I couldn't figure out, and I was wandering. Unfortunately, it took a bad, um, it took a bad experience with a certain minister to show me that that this guy was wrong. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, I've learned the hard way to not put my trust in ministers. Or in people, That's right. you can only put your trust in God, Amen. and Amen. it's been a hard experience to learn, and it's a very slow process. It seems to learn. I'm a very trustful. I give my heart very quickly to people, and I'm learning that while it's good to trust people, and, and it's good, um, you just need to make sure that your trust is completely in God, right. and also <laughs> not to trust in yourself. And um, I want to be rebaptized. I know that I have fallen away from the Lord. Even though I've been in His church, you can still be lost and be in His church. Do you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought I was okay. I really did. But um, I, as I was hearing the messages, 
like on the elevator, there were times when I, I, I thought, boy, what? I, I find that I'm so insane. I'm 35 years old, and I feel like I'm 25 still. What's going on, you know? Because I should be different, you know? And, and I, 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 I noticed these insecurities in my heart, you know, and, and, and how to be social and, and, and with people, and why is this happening now at 35, and why am I going through this? And you know what? As I was on the escalator, though, for the very first time, and I don't know why I would even, but I said, praise God for symptoms. Amen. I said, praise God for these insecurities, because if I didn't know about these insecurities or have them, I would actually think I was okay. Mm. And that is even worse. So, thank God. I do plan to be rebaptized. <laughs> However, I just don't want to go and dunk myself underneath water. That's right. Pray for me. Amen. Pray for me. When I first accepted this message, it was amazing. At one point, my mom and dad called me a hypocrite because I said, praise God a lot. You know, you know I, and I believe, they're, I believe them for quite some time, but just a few weeks ago, and I don't want to take too much time, a few weeks ago, I looked at my life back then when my mom and dad called me a hypocrite because I said, praise God. They would say something to me, and I'd say, well, praise God. I wasn't a hypocrite. I was maybe a little misguided on some things, but, you know, because I thought I had to praise God, you know, the first praise God in all things. When I would get a compliment, I would say, praise God. I thought I couldn't accept the compliment. That's where the unbalanced mind came in, learn, when you go into a wrong area of, um, you know. And But I thank God because um, I was able to see that, no, I wasn't a hypocrite. There are some times when people might be a little misguided and, you know, everybody's on a journey and God's still working with everybody. And um, I'm, I've learned, too, that we need to be merciful to each other Amen. and accept each other where we are on our journey because God's working with each individual. And there are differences that we have but we need to accept each other where we are and allow God to work in each other's lives. Amen. Anyways, that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you. Just briefly, I have something I'd like to share. Amen. I've been um, sitting there and standing here for a while. I'm wondering, well... What is it that I can say? I said, well, if there's nothing to share, it's better not to say anything. Because I want to make sure that whatever is shared is to God's honor and glory. Amen. Praise and in what he just shared, and I just suddenly, ah, that's what it was. And the, the Lord finally gave me something. Amen. And so I was baptized for the first time about two months ago. Amen. I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist in a Seventh-day Adventist family. And... Um, my dad was a minister, and and he passed away, and then I was, my mother raised us, and we went through all these things. And I remember moving out around 18 years old and studying, or rather, reading my Bible and feeling it was something I had to do, and that was really my relationship with God. It, I felt compelled, and it, it's in hindsight that I realized people were praying for me. People were praying for me during those times, and it was those prayers that were convicting me that out of nowhere I would turn to my Bible and read it, even in the midst of everything else I was doing. 
But my relationship, as time went on, it was it was very much feeling that I just had to do it. It wasn't really because I wanted to. And it's it's taken, and and what I want to encourage all of you, the few of you who are left here, as young people, there was a time when I would never have considered being, being baptized or becoming a member of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. That's something that I'm, some of you may not struggle with it. There's others who are going to struggle with it very, very intensely. And it's something that you really have to take to the Lord, and you cannot just listen to what other people have to say. And you have to really look at the fruits of those who are telling you what they're telling you. Wow. And what are they manifesting in their lives? And you have to, and when it comes down to it, that decision is between you and God. And God will bless you. Amen. You take a stand for what's right. And God, He worked in my heart, He, he arranged all these incredible things. It finally put me to a point where it was just me and him. I said, listen, this is what you, you have to do. And then he pulls back and gives you a chance to do it. Amen. And that's where, and, and we learn that you'll go through these high points, and there's always going to be a low point after it. And it's during those points that we have to keep pressing forward. That's right. Praise the Lord. So I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunities that, that God gives us and his patience with us. And he never gives up on us. And we need to make sure that we don't give up on each other. Amen. Well, I came to this seminar because I saw that it was uh, called uh, Extreme uh, Irresistible Event Witness. And so I came here expecting to get a, a solid answer of how to be a good witness because, <laughs> you know, the do's or don'ts because, you know, there's you go downstairs and they tell you, oh, we're going to go out throughout the world and we're going to send you here and there to preach. And you can preach and preach. And not everybody's a preacher. Some people are just like us now. We sit behind, we sit in the back, we give our own witness. We're secret agents. That's, that's why I want to call it. We're secret agents for the Lord. And so I came here and I didn't think I had a story or a personal testimony. But now I came here and I thought about it and now I do. And so now I'm going to go home and I'll be able to tell that whenever I can. Whenever somebody wants me to. And just trust in God because that's what I do, and He helps me with everything. Amen. With finding stuff, I had a report due at school one time, and I had it on my flash drive, and it was the next day, and I, you know, I couldn't find it. I looked at my backpack, and it was there, and I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be due the next day, and oh, I'm going to fail, and it'll be this huge, big mess." But whew, I'm just going to trust God, and so I went to bed that night, and I woke up, and I grabbed my pants off my chair, and it falls out. My flash drive falls out right on the ground. And just no stories like that. It's just Amen. I just trust in Him, and everything has worked out to where it is now. So just trust in God, and tell, go and witness your story to everybody that you can. Amen. There is greater blessing for us in the least thing that we ourselves receive from God, from the flash drive that we find in our pants to a life that is decided to be baptized. If there's anyone else, you're welcome to come. I'm not going to hold anyone here or hold anyone back either. Okay, I was not going to do this, but... <laughs> I'm so glad you did. <laughs> um, 
I go to a church where there's me and one other youth person. That's all. And he is 22, so not really youth. Um, I was really struggling. <laughs> okay, kind of, in a way. Um, I was really struggling with my walk with the Lord. Um, and have, did any of you guys go to Just Claim It? JCI? Okay. Um, well, at the time, I did not have the money to go, um, so I was not planning on going at all. Um, I went to church one day, and in the announcements, they said, And Megan, we hope you have a good time in JCI. And I was like, what? You know, what? And so um, after church, I went and talked to our pastor, and I said, what, what are you talking about? Have a good time at JCI. Um, he goes, well, the church is going to sponsor you to go. It's like, wow, okay. Went to JCI, met a lot of Seventh-day Adventist friends, which was a blessing for me. Um, then this summer, I had a call from a town clear across the state. No idea who this person is. Calls and asks me if I want to preach. Uh, evangelistic series. Amen. Um, I did not want to do this. I prayed about it. Um, talked to my parents. My parents, you know, want, wanted to know if I was ready. And thought, well, how can someone that I don't even know get my number? So I went. Um, I brought some of my friends with me. They did the music and stuff. We walked around the town, went to door to door, which is something I do not do. Um, I had, let's see, the first night. Not very many people. The second night, you know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a big turnout. The end of the seminar, seminar, you know, however you say it. <laughs> um, I went home not thinking anyone got a blessing out of it. The uh, the pastor called me two weeks later and said, "Thank you, Megan. We have three new families in the church. I've got just got decided to get baptized." Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, that was a really really big uplifting for me. So then, DYC comes along. <laughs> Um, I have horses, and hay in South Dakota is like $100 a bale. No, I, I had no money whatsoever to come to GYC after I paid for hay. Um, so, I, I, you know, I wanted to come. Then I was going to go. My parents were going to help me out. Then I didn't get to go. So then, I think four weeks before it started, I get another call from the church. Someone's sponsoring you to go to GYC. It's like, wow, this is so amazing. Um, I went to GYC. I still don't know who who sponsored me, um, so I'm here now. And thank you, Tim, for every the whole seminar. It was amazing. Um, I got a big blessing out of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, My name is Jocelyn, and I've learned so much at this GYC. Actually, one of the biggest things that I've learned is um, God's timing is so important. I know that last year, GYC, I really wanted to go. Um, looking back in hindsight, I was not ready to go. Um, actually, instead of going, God had planned for me to go to Korea, and I found out a week before I left that I was going to go te teach English there for a month. That worked out. Um, this year... I have learned probably more in one year than I have in any other year. Praise the Lord. Um, and I've just been learning things. It's been hard. Um, built Things build on top of each other. And then I come here, and it's kind of a, 
I'm learning new things, and then things that I've heard before, I'm rehearing, and it's ingraining in me. And so I've been really blessed for this seminar, and with God's timing, I was ready to hear a lot of it, and I was ready to accept a lot of it. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else would like to share? I can, please, come up. I told the Lord that if he said that one more time, I'd come up. <laughs> and I really was hoping he wouldn't say that one more time. Uh, now he's going to say it one more time just for you guys. I really didn't want to come to GYC. Um, my name is uh, Karen, and I uh, work at the school where needs to go to school. And I'm proud of her. She's, I'm the principal of that school. And... Um, I didn't want to come to GYC because I was so busy. Um, it was just one more thing to do. And it was way back in the fall that uh, I had decided to come to GYC. My brother lives here in Minneapolis, and so I thought that would be... I went to the very first GYC in Pine Springs Ranch, and I loved it, but I hadn't been since. And so I thought, <clears throat> well, I can, I can go this time. My brother lives there. It'll be cheaper. I won't have to try to spend so much money, and that'll be really awesome. And then we got started into the school year, and thing after thing happened with this trip and that trip and this thing to do and multiple things on my plate to get done and responsibilities and all those kinds of things. And so when it came time to think about going to GY, I said, I don't want to go. I just can't handle this. It's just too, too much. You know, you can get so busy doing the Lord's work that you lose sight of the Lord. That's right. That's right. And really, that's kind of where I was. Um, and I, I've, all the way up here in the van, well, maybe not all the way up because we drove all night. Um, but part of the way up here, we're all talking about what seminar are we going to go to, right? And the girls are saying, well, I'm gonna, I think I'll go to this one. Which one are you going to go to, Mrs. Holland? I don't know. I haven't decided. Well, how are you going to decide? Well, I looked through the things and I thought, you know, uh, I teach freshman Bible. At, at Oklahoma Academy, I thought, well, you know, uh, what, what could I take that would help me help someone else, right? And so I thought, well, this Christianity 101, that sounded pretty, pretty good, you know, how to give your heart to the Lord. That's what I want my students to do, That's right. right, is give their hearts to the Lord. And so this, this sounded like the place to come. And I came, and I just have to be honest, and I'm sorry, um, not about being honest, but <laughs> but about what what I'm going to say is, is I just really didn't get a whole lot out of the first couple of meetings. I just thought, oh, I've heard this stuff before. I know this stuff. You know, I don't know. And people would say to me, oh, how's your seminar going? Eh, what did I say, Denise? It's okay. <laughs> you know? And, um, but I, where are you going to go? Well, I'm going to go back. I think the Lord was just saying, you need to go back. You need to keep going. Um, and it's been a really ble big blessing, particularly the, the first one today. Really touched my heart in a very special way. 
um, and I'm thankful for that. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know that uh, you've touched many lives, including a, a very close friend of mine, Sonny's. She uh, is very grateful for what you've done. And I'm praising the Lord of what He's done now for your life, Karen. Praise, praise His name. Is there anyone else who would like to share what God has done for them? If not, I just want to thank each one of you for coming. And most of all, thank the Lord for what He has done in our lives and encourage you that you can have these times. For me, I have them every month. And I remember Zach saying, he's wondering why I'm so happy. Is it a surprise why I'm so happy? I get to hear hundreds of these things every month, every year. And if this doesn't make you happy, I don't know what's going to. Why? Well, I thank God and I'd like to end with a prayer. Please join me as we thank him now. Loving Father in heaven, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done and what you are doing in all of our lives. Lord, what a joy and a pleasure it is to hear each and every testimony. Each life is a special treasure to you, Lord, and to each one of us. We're all different, Lord, but there is one thing I hear in common, and that is you. And Father, I just want to praise you and thank you and give you the honor and the glory for changed lives, for changed hearts, for the decisions to be baptized, Lord, to be rebaptized. And Father, I pray that the decisions made here today would be renewed every day, that though our outward man is perishing, may our inward man be renewed day by day. And may we, like Paul, die daily and be raised again in Jesus Christ. For in his name we pray. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse and Hope Media Ministry for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to listen to more great media like this presentation, or if you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. You can also find great witnessing media at audioverse.org and at hopevideo.com.